Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You asked for it. Here it is. It's a podcast from Apathetic Enthusiasm. In this episode, football is back, baby. Plus, we play a whole bunch of video games and watch some other TV shows. It's apathetic enthusiasm. It's apathetic enthusiasm coming to you from SoFi Stadium in the hollow district of Inglewood, California, where the Chargers and the Dolphins are playing today. If it was yesterday... At one twenty-five yeah. in the afternoon, Pacific time, uh, where Brandon had an amazing time watching his second football game in SoFi Stadium. Yeah, while I second Chargers had, game I've, I've seen had ESPN <laughs> game game pass game preview game cast, uh, so that I could from the the middle of the country follow the score. And and play by play, but not actually see the team that I've followed since my birth. Um, the team you've seen twice now live in their home stadium, <laughs> and I've never seen in a professional football game. Hi, everybody. I'm Travis. Hey, everybody. I am Brandon Dolphin. 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 Uh, big Dolphin over here. We've got a big old Dolphin. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Uh, as we get into more of our episode, thank you so much for joining us. Apathetic Enthusiasm, the show where we talk about whatever's on our mind. Uh, mo- most recently, that's been Rick and Morty. So if you uh, are a Rick and Morty fan and are not checking out Interdimensional RSS, go check out our other podcasts as we gear up for season seven of Rick and Morty. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about everything else going on in our lives. And if you want to follow along with any of that stuff that we post on the social internet, uh, you can follow us on X. X. Uh, we are at Apathusiast. I'm at Jogomino. He is at Barnyard Cruise. Uh, follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show, or send us an email, apathetic enthusiasm show at gmail.com. Uh, we are on Instagram, apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Our website, as always, apathetic enthusiasm.com. Uh, we've got some video versions of the podcast. You can, f- you can watch what we look like. You can see how closely our shirts match in, in color. Uh, if you go to youtube.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. Uh, finally, big shout out to the patrons over at patreon.com slash apathetic enthusiasm, uh, which I got feedback today. And and this is from a coworker who has been sampling our podcast. He says, I don't shout out our patrons enough when I, I just I just gloss over the lovely patrons oh. at patreon.com slash apathetic enthusiasm. So thank you again. I'm not going to mention any of you by name because frankly, I don't have a list in front of me right now, uh, but you guys are the best. And, and, and really for those of you that have been there for a long time, continuing to support us, uh, either you've forgotten that this is a bill that gets pulled out every month or you're just the best at support and and either way we appreciate it either, so thank e- you for being either a way we appreciate you tipping one out for you evan williams 
Old Evie Will. Old uh, Evie Will. I, re- I realized I, I bought a ton of jalapeno limeade from Trader Joe's this oh. year. Because mm-hmm. like, oh, it's such a refreshing, like sweet, but spicy uh, sort of, sort of. Just, just refreshing beverage. Mix it with a little tequila, a little bit of vodka. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, it, what have you. It makes for a lovely summer treat. And uh, I barely drank any of it this, this summer. And now summer is like over. So I, I'm having to go through lots of uh, delicious jalapeno limeade from Trader Joe's. Not a sponsor. You gotta, you gotta do it. You gotta do it. You gotta, you gotta cut into the mixers and the the bitters. Uh, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm trying to follow your lead, Brandon. As a, did you muddle another cutie? <laughs> I'm These mud- poor cuties. I'm mud- I muddled two more cuties for this for this Evan Williams Seven Up drink. <laughs> uh, well, thank you for being here. We we have plenty to talk about. We are going to do our best not to be distracted by the return of football and this season's first Monday Night Football. Uh, tonight on ESPN, uh, because a lot is happening in the sports world. And and the avid, apathetic enthusiasm listener will know that a- as a rule, I mean, we don't talk too much about sports on this podcast. And and I, I think a big reason for that is because people you, Brandon, listen, are... People who listen to this show don't care about sports. Don't care for sports. <laughs> yes, that is an assumption we make about you, the listener. Yeah. Um, and also, like, you've been mocked in the past for your level of uh, following of sports. Is that is that not correct? That is that is correct, actually, Travis. It is it is correct that I've been mocked. Openly mocked, in, I'll in, say. In, in, the, in the past. Both online and in person. In in, in the past. And, it, and it's a joke that keeps on giving... Um, as we, especially by Bob Carroll, an actual sponsor of the show, uh, please refer to him as the commissioner, Bob Carroll. It is <laughs> swiffle season after all. Oh, okay. Yeah. The commissioner, Bob Carroll. Uh, yeah, he's, he's always, he's always made fun. It's, it's the joke that has been living with me forever and ever and ever in a day when I used to work for Bob and I was like, I don't follow sports that much. And I like sports game. I probably said sports games. And he's like, huh, sports games. What a loser. Sports ball? What are you talking about? Sports ball? <laughs> Look, get a little of this guy. And, and, and that was mostly like when we were doing like physical training, uh, like like organized physical training. And I'm like, I don't sport, you know? And uh, anyway, so it stuck, it stuck with me. And the thing, the thing is, I don't watch baseball. I understand baseball. I understand how to play it. I understand the rules. I know their strategy. I get it. I don't watch basketball. I know all the rules. I know the strategy. I know. I know all all these things. I don't. I don't watch it. I like soccer, which is coincidentally the sport that Bob doesn't like. Uh, <laughs> the one sport that Bob doesn't have time for. <laughs> um, and and of course and of course football and and football for a long time. You know, I I watch the the Dolphins. The Dolphins is my team. I understand the the game. I understand the rules. I played. <laughs> Lots of football games as far as e, uh, EA Sports, Madden. It's in the game. Um, so, you know, I, I, I get all of that. I understand all of it, and I enjoy, and I enjoy it. Um, but I was never like, yeah, this player, that player, that player. Oh, this player is going to be Oh, blah, blah, blah. Oh, the defense. Yeah. Um, so I, I, am, I am sportier than most non-sports people. Because I understand, I know a lot about all of it, but it's just not something I choose to spend my time on, mostly unless it's fantasy football. That's right. Yeah, I I find that about I don't know two decades ago, um, when I when we both started working in the same place, um, I I mean I've always liked sports. I've I've enjoyed watching sports. So this is something I connected with uh, with my dad a lot growing up, and he was a huge sports fan. He was always watching something competitive, uh, and I just grew up in San Diego as a Chargers fan, specifically like to just watch the Chargers. Now, I wasn't a an NFL fan at large, and I find like I was like a casual fan to the level of where I knew some of the big names, some of the major players, but I wasn't like memorizing the roster, knowing like every everybody that was playing, things like that. So 
when people mention like random even Chargers players from the like 90s and 2000s, I'm like, yeah, that's uh, that sounds vaguely familiar as a, as a guy that I recognize. Junior what? Junior say say what? Uh, yeah, I'm sure he played there. Uh, Ladanian Tomlis. I don't know. I don't know. L say, LT. Say yeah. who? Say what? Say who? Say ow. Hey, um, I mean, you know, I wonder I mean, if I've told, have I told my junior say ow story yeah, you, on you, podcast you, you, before? You've, you, maybe not on the podcast, but you, you've told me certainly about how yeah. he is not your favorite <laughs> Chargers player. He just, I, my one in-person experience with junior say ow, rest in peace, uh, was, was not pleasant, but still credit him as a phenomenal NFL player yeah. and uh, he, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if you know this, Travis, as a, as a Chargers fan, but he is the uh, the Charger that has received most Pro Bowl nominations or something like that. That that tracks. I could see that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, so there you go. For now, for now, for well, now, we, we got Eckler right Herbo, there. right Herbo. <laughs> we got Alan Eckler or whatever. Um, Austin Eckler, Austin Eckler, who wants yeah. to leave the team. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, football's back, and, and we've talked about it a little bit. Um, one thing that's really helped both of us to reinforce our interest with football is, of course, fantasy football. Uh, I've been playing fantasy football for years. Um, you off and on, I think, like uh, some pickup leagues, random stuff, but never like a dedicated league, right? Or, or is is there some closet league that you've been playing for years that I don't know of? <laughs> well, you know, so we're, we're, we're talking about the Southwestern Football League, which is run by Commissioner Bob Carroll, uh, which has been which has been the, the league that has been going on forever. Well, forever. Well, since the, since the dawn of time. Well, the elite, the elite of the elite or the people that Bob's known the longest have have been part of this league. Right. And I think there's like a prerequisite that they all have had to work like with the same organization at some point in time. Yeah. <laughs> um, or that's just a weird coincidence that that's that's still the case. <laughs> um, but but other than Swiffle uh, for shorthand, there was. There was Bob's other league for the people who were not quite ready for Swiffle primetime. And wasn't it like, wasn't that the name of the league is like not quite ready for Swiffle? <laughs> like, I think that was the ESPN league. I forget which one it is. Yeah. But, but so I, I did that one for a couple of years and then, then he stopped inviting me to it. Or I, so I was like, ah, no, maybe not this year. Uh, I was in a league for, for two years with, with people out of uh, Colorado Springs, people I, I worked with there. And then, um, actually like one person I worked with there, it was his friends. And then I won that league two years in a row <laughs> and like, and like won 300 bucks total. And then I was like two years in a row. Eh, I'm good enough. I'm good. I'm not going to press my yeah. luck anymore. And I think that may have been my, my last foray into to fantasy until really this year. I, I, everyone I was talking about fantasy, everyone has their leagues already. And so I got out of the habit. And, and I think, you know, the thing about football for me is I'm more interested in football when I am doing fantasy stuff. Like I, hundred percent, I'm interested in football. Sure. But like, I wouldn't be watching the jets game right now. Uh, not a chance, not a, not a chance. And well, maybe I would because the jets and the bills. Right. Uh, so yeah. maybe, maybe I would plus it's Monday night. Uh, but, but I'm more inclined to, to watch it and listen to it on Sirius XM because I'm like, okay. All right, Travis is going to beat me this 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 game, but I have my other fantasy league that that I I mean I'm already ninety nine percent sure going to win that one. But yeah, yeah, I, I I think that is funny that it just so happened that our favorite NFL teams were playing each other on the same weekend that we were facing off in in Swiffle. Uh, so there's there's just like a lot of overlap, and there's 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 so many ways that your your heart can can go on this roller coaster ride of emotions when your favorite NFL team is performing well, but your fantasy team is suffering. And then all of a sudden, like your, your, your favorite NFL team blows it. But in the same breath, like three of your players get touchdowns on your fantasy team. And then all of a sudden you're like, Hey, okay. I don't know whether to be happy or sad right now. Uh, but that's sort of how my weekend went. And I think it's, I, I agree with you hundred percent that, having different fantasy leagues it's it's a way to 
bond with with groups of friends. Um, I did see a video this weekend that said uh, because because the guy had never won his fantasy league, it's just like an annual hundred dollars that he pays to be in an exclusive group chat with his <laughs> old friends, uh, and then occasionally they have a, an annual Zoom call. Uh, but, but otherwise, like that's about it. Um, I think I, I've I've never I've never won Swiffle. I, I will say that. Um, I think I've made the playoffs a couple times. Mm. Um, but who knows? Who knows? I'm starting off strong uh, so far this year. Uh, but not, in the same way, my NFL team, the Chargers, have, have lost their opening game. So, yeah, it's fun. It's fun it's, stuff. It's it's a game. It's not multiple games yet. It's just it's a game that they lost. Yeah. It's a big season's it's, early. Season's uh, young. I, I'm, I'm losing in Swiffle this week to you. Uh, I will lose to you unless uh, Dalvin Cook comes up with like 50 more touchdowns. Uh, and he hasn't had like any. Four touchdowns and <laughs> the Bills have to give up like 80 points. Yeah. It's, it's not a big deal. So it's if, fine. So it's going to be close. If Cook gets those touchdowns, then it's going to make your Bills defense go it's negative. It's a win-win for you. <laughs> it's a win-win. Yeah. Too many Cooks. Too many so, Cooks. So one of the things that I thought would be interesting to talk about is – the enhancement of enjoyment for the NFL, right? We, we talk about how fantasy helps us enjoy the NFL more, but we're, we're established. We're, we're bought in. NFL is a thing that we're going to pay attention to at, to some degree for a period of time. But the NFL is out here and they got to they gotta get after that next generation. Uh-huh. They got to get after those kids. They got to lure in those kids. With by whatever means necessary, and I've noticed there Toy Story, is a Sunday Fun Day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so we're watching tonight's game, uh, Monday Night Football, and there is an advertisement for next week, Sunday Fun Day, where streaming on Disney Plus and I think ESPN Plus, they are doing a Toy Story esque overlay. For the, uh, I think it was the Atlanta Falcons and like uh, Jacksonville Jaguars game, mm-hmm. uh, where they're doing like a, a, a fun overlay with like Toy Story characters and stuff like that, which I guess is a way to bring in kids to get them more interested in football. But this isn't the only time I've seen this. This is this is still a thi- a thing that Nickelodeon has been doing. Um, They've they've dabbled with it over a couple of years, and now I think they have maybe like a full season of games set up where Nickelodeon is doing these overlays over the game to include like alternate reality effects where like the end zone will explode with slime or like they'll have like a slime cam and like all this stuff where, you know, confetti, like, like AR confetti will like shoot out of the corners of the field and stuff yeah. to add an extra level of, you know, immersion, excitement in, for the game. ADD. I don't know what it is for, for, for like <laughs> the kids to be like more interested in the game. What do you, what do you think of these tactics? What do you, what do you think about, you know, the, 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 the cable channels trying to stay relevant by, by rebroadcasting these games for kids. <laughs> so, so there's a game it, the whole game is played and then they rebroadcast it with all the extra shit on top of it. That's what you're saying. Now I think they're doing this for some live games where they've got okay. just pre-built in content and they'll just be like, boom, stick that overlay on <laughs> they Press a button. Oh, Dalvin. Bring out the slime. <laughs> like, oh, wah, wah, Aaron Rodgers is injured. Womp, womp, womp. Uh, you should have taken the double dare instead of the physical challenge. Um, what do, what do I what do I think of it? I I I mean, I don't know. It's it reeks of boomer mentality. <laughs> it's kind of a little bit, yeah. It's it's like, hey, oh my god, we're all gonna die. We need to get kids in into these games. We need to get them stuck with it. Um, I don't know if kids have to be interested in it. First of all, but also your parents have to be your kids' parents have to be interested in in watching a game like that. Yeah, and that's that's where that's where the 
the connection has to happen. That's where the linkages have to happen. First of all, the kid has to be, want to be interested in watching a football game. Whether or not there's effects or not, like it, the kid has to be interested in it and want to see that. Also, the parent who is like wants to get drunk and want to watch football has to be like, yeah, let's watch this, Bryce. And then so now now, now they're doing it to, together. That's what that that's what has to happen. I haven't heard anything about those those kind of AR things with with yeah. games. I, I don't think I've ever watched either of those broadcasts, but I'm 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 like just a little bit curious about this Disney take on it with the Toy Story stuff just to see if it's just going to be awful. It, will it ruin the game? Will it make the game any more interesting for kids to watch? Or is it just some guy from a boardroom's really bad idea that they're like, whatever, just Give him, give him, give him some money and some digital assets and let him, let him go for it. Here's, here's what I'll say, Travis. When I was a kid, when I was a young buck, same age as you, basically just a year older, I wasn't a huge football fan. We didn't watch football every, every weekend. Uh, the, the cruises, Randy, Randy Cruz and I, uh, or Tim Cruz, my older brother, we didn't want, we didn't watch football. The only time we watched football was during the Super Bowl, that was that was that was when we watched football because we didn't have we didn't have mm -hmm. a team. I didn't have the you know Raiders, Rams, whatever. We didn't we didn't care until the Super Bowl came around. Then we'd go to the Elks Lodge where my grandpa was uh, like did a lot of stuff with the Elks Lodge, and that was that was the event. So like the Cowboys in the mid nineties, setting up the dynasty and all that type of stuff. Like those are the, those are the games we watched. Sure. Um, but. The story is going somewhere because what interested me in football back then were the commercials. Sure. Right. Sure. That's 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 especially during the Super Bowl. That's a that's a thing. But the but the Bud Bowl, man, the animated Bud Bowl. Puppy Bowl is good, too. But the Bud Bowl like that was just so great to me. All the, all the little Budweiser bottles with the Exciting. little helmets on Exciting. squaring up against each other. You know, if yeah. you want, if you want kids to be interested in football, you give them beer advertising, beer advertising. You give them like really, really cool things to watch in between the games themselves, because that's kind of like, that's, that's what keep, kept my attention throughout the game. Um, I think when you're at the stadium, when you're at the stadium, there's stuff going on all the time uh, at the, at SoFi, it's called the infinity screen uh, because it just keeps going yeah. around in a circle. Um, but there's stuff to watch up there all the time in between plays and, and stuff like that. That's what holds your attention. That's what holds kids attention. And so I think, I think yeah, I, and I was, I was, go ahead. I was going to ask about that because you brought your son to the game and he's, I'm assuming not a huge football fan traditionally, how did he feel about it? Did, did, was he just watching that infinity screen the whole time or was he more engaged with the game and interested in what was going on with the players and what was happening down on the field? Yeah. Uh, so my kid is not, is not a, a football fan at all, uh, which is was surprising, right? <laughs> like it's surprising that he wanted to go with me to the game. So my, one of my sure. buddies has season tickets and so he, he sold them to me for, to see the dolphins chargers. And uh, yeah. I was, I was telling my kid, all right, I got tickets to the football game. I'm going to go. I'm excited. Uh, I might probably go with mom. He's like, oh, I want to go. I said, uh, oh, really? You you want to go? He's like, yeah. Okay. You you like football? He's like, eh. You heard me say football, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd like to go. I'm like, okay, all right. And and so then a couple weeks later, I'm like, hey, it's about that football game. You, you still want to go? He's like, yeah. Okay. All right. Here, here we go. All right. I ordered him a little Dolphins jersey, and we got re got ready to go. Um. So we we show up to SoFi. I spent a little bit extra on parking, uh, so we didn't have to walk that far. And uh, and and so he is he is very much me, much younger in my in my life with without Zoloft who is like, <laughs> like social anxiety and like big crowds and like feeling uncomfortable around a lot of crowds and stuff like that. So I'm wearing a junior Seau Jersey for the dolphins, junior Seau Jersey, number 55. I get out and we're walking and some guys are in their van, the chargers fans and like, Hey, undercover Seau fan. We see you. Ah, uh, you get a pass, man. 
like, all right, right on. And they're like, all right, have, have, have fun. And then they say to my kid, like, hey, have, have fun, man. And, and he's like, because oh, we're going to murder you after this game. <laughs> thank, thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> and, and so like just a lot of, lot of like, there's a lot of people. He does he's like, doesn't know how to, to feel. So then we get into the, the game, the first half, he's like watching it along, along with me, uh, not really saying anything. And the second half rolls around and, and I gave him my phone. And so he had my phone playing a game and I had it in low power mode. So he could play lots and lots of games. And he's, he's playing a game. We were, there's surprisingly a large amount of Dolphins fans in the stadium yesterday. I mean, I know if, I, if, if any team has visiting crowds outnumber their home crowd on a regular basis, it's the Los Angeles Chargers. <laughs> that's it's the unwanted in their own hometown, Los <laughs> Angeles Chargers. It's true. San Diego is too far of a drive. My, my friend points out. Um, anyway, so I'm surrounded by, my, by dolphins fans. And, uh, so, so my kid is like playing, playing the game and I'm like, I'm just letting him do his thing. Um, and everyone's like talking to him, like, oh, they're check this out. Check this out. There's a play here. Oh, oh, they're going, they're going for it. You know? Um, and so what he would get into the habit of doing is like when the fans around us stood up and, and started screaming, then he'd be like, he'd be looking at his phone. <laughs> and then, then sit back down and go back down like perfect that's that that's that's the that's the that's, that that's the level drug. of interest we're looking for that's the gateway one. drug that's that's your that's your dad that's how he i mean that's how i've been for a long time but you know like so he so he said he had a much better time the second half and, and i think he was he was excited to, to be there i don't think it's not his sport i asked him after like do you want to go to another game he's like uh, not for a while I'm like don't worry the Chargers won't play the Dolphins again until next year, at least. And it'll probably be in Miami. So, yeah, fair enough. Road trip. <laughs> Road uh, trip. Let's go. Let's go see him in Miami. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I get that. Like, obviously, uh, in Oklahoma City, we don't have NFL teams uh, there. There's a lot of college sports excitement here. But for me, uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder, I became a fan of that team. Uh, their first their first season in in Oklahoma City, been a fan ever since. My son has really gravitated more towards basketball typically than football, so any opportunity to go see the Thunder live, he's he's all for. But surprisingly, my other kids really got into it too, hmm. <clears throat> and um, they all really enjoy going to games. So I th- I think there's something about being there live, the crowd, the excitement, that the action's a little bit more in your face. And it's not just, you're not just passively watching it on your couch where there's other options like video games or, or phone. I mean, you obviously have your phone with you, but uh, it's just, you feel more present and part of the action, which I think helps to really stay engaged with the game. Um, my youngest, she she would not watch sports on TV to save her life. Hmm. But you take her to a Thunder game and she's watching, she's paying attention to the game. She's, she's tracking the action and stuff like that. So yeah. I think, I think being there live goes a long way for helping reinforce that excitement and interest yeah. in, in whatever it, sport or activity. It, it, is, it is, it is definitely a different feel like on TV, whatever game you're watching, whatever sport you're watching, they talk about like momentum shifts they talk about they talk they talk about like oh this this happened and oh there's there's a clear momentum shift on the field and it's so really taking the wind out of this crowd and it, it's really really interesting because you can't feel that on TV it, it's not it's not it's not this maybe you can get a sense yeah. of like oh yeah like oh Aaron Rodgers is out uh, I, I'm going to go go back to that because it's the most recent thing like Rodgers is it out yeah. There was so much excitement for the Jets to have him come out and like they're gonna they're gonna le- change the AFC East, and and then third play he's injured he's out for the rest of the game and in the se- in the season opener and how much how and how crushing that that is to be on that field to be in that stadium when that happens I I it's different when you're there because you can you can just feel this energy change. When when something yeah. bad is happening, you're like, 
this game is about to end. And they're like, <laughs> you, you know, like there's displays all around, there's advertisements, there's, there's people getting up. Like you can see the crowd like getting up and like walking off and stuff like that. You can, you can just feel it. And like the first game I went to uh, last, last year, when you start feeling that, that momentum shift, that, that just this despondency, it's very, yeah. very, it's really, really interesting. And that was like the first time I understood and recognized, okay, that's what we're, that's what we're talking about. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really, it's really cool. Uh, so the chargers and the dolphins, they, they played speaking, speaking of, 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 of shifts. Uh, I, it, it was a, it was a hell of a game, Travis. And I don't want, I don't it was, want, it was close pretty much down to the end. Yeah. Yeah. Down, down, down to the end. Um, I asked my son as we were leaving, uh, a little bit later, I said, Hey son, would you rather have stayed to watch this thrilling ending to this amazing game or avoided traffic? And he said, avoiding traffic. And I'm like, Hell yeah, that's my kid, right? Because <laughs> um, he's like, because we were going to celebrate at home. It doesn't matter if we celebrate here or at home. We're going to celebrate. I'm like, damn right about that, kid. Yeah. Meanwhile, my kids, I'm like, hey, it's a 30-point blowout. Should we uh, Should we head for the car? No, there's still eight eight minutes left. We got we to gotta watch every second. <laughs> nope. I'm like, all right. That's... I don't have LA traffic to contend with. That's, so that's I, true. That's true. I will. I will be fine. Here, that, that is fine. Here, here's here, here's what I wanted to say about being in the stadium as well. And, and for me, again, I'm I'm sports ball guy. I'm not I'm not a sporty guy. Um, it's so it it's so weird being in the stadium because you just maybe uh, maybe not just in the stadium, just in like the last couple of years, maybe where I'll be watching a game and something good will happen. And then, like, instinctively, yeah, stand up right away. Oh, woo! Uh, Tua throws the hill. I'm like, like, instantly, like, yeah, yeah, woo! Right? <laughs> and, and then I sit down, like, whoa, where'd that come from? Who, who is that guy? <laughs> what, the, what the hell just happened there? <laughs> Uh, That's good. That is that is good to hear. I'm ex- I'm excited for you. I'm glad you got to be there for a game where your team won. Congrats. Yeah. Uh, someday I'll see an NFL <laughs> game in person that isn't a Pro Bowl that I got free tickets for. Next 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 um, next year, Travis. We'll I'll get I'll get I'll get tickets for my buddy. You'll come down. We'll go see it. We'll so go see a game at SoFi Stadium. Oh, can't wait! Can't wait! It'll be a It'd be a blastoise. All right, let's 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 keep. <laughs> I, I uh, we have other things to talk about, even though we've gotten through a half hour of sports ball talk. If you're still with us, we're gonna take a hard right turn <laughs> and start talking about the other games that we're passionate about. Those, of course, being video games. Oh, yeah. uh, Brandon, we have not had an opportunity to talk about any of the games that we've been playing. And I've been playing a game for uh, close to a month now. Um, Starfield's been out for a couple of weeks. Are ha- how is it going? How is your how is your space fallout going? How are, how are you feeling? Uh, you're, you're what two weeks into it now? Uh, yeah, about about two weeks into it. The game the game came out in early access about two weeks ago uh, for labor for Labor Day weekend. And if you have Game Pass. You you got you get to play it maybe like the fourth or fifth of September, um, right after Labor Day. But you could have paid thirty bucks for some extra content and early access. And so I, it was gonna be it was a four day weekend for me. I didn't know what I was gonna do, so I said shit hell bollocks. I'll go ahead and 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 spend the money. I get the extra content and play it. Um, and so since then I I've been playing it. I. I stay up a little bit late at night and I, I play a little bit. Sometimes I wake up early in the morning. I, I play a little bit just to do a mission or two or, or scan mm-hmm. a plan or whatever. And so I'm having, I'm having a good time with it. I, I, I am intentionally not going through the main campaign because I don't want to beat it because if I beat it, then I'll be like, okay, well, don't, that's it. That's it for me. Don't need to go. I'm all done. Yeah. Back in the mass effect days, where I, I don't know if you experienced this, if you did Mass Effect stuff. 
I didn't really play Mass Effect. I, th- okay. I think I picked it up for a little bit, but never really, never really got too into it. Okay, so Mass Effect days when Mass Effect first came out, played the played the shit out of it, and you can you know you play through it. You're like a good guy, a bad guy, or a middle guy, basically. And and that game was good enough for me that I played through it three times. That I that that's that's several 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 hours. Mass yeah. Effect 2, I thought about, I, I think I maybe did a good guy and bad guy run. And in Mass Effect 3, by the time Mass Effect 3 came out, I was like, nah, just one one run through is good because my, my mentality had shifted. So I feel that way about Starfield where it's kind of thing, same thing with like Fallout 4 and where I don't, I just, I'm going to pick one run through. And if I come back yeah. to it later, or Cyberpunk 2, if I come back to it, cool. If not, great. But, um, because you can, you can, you can be a, an a hole in this, just like any Bethesda game. Uh, but I'm, I'm generally a, a pretty good, good guy, mostly because I'm ha- trying to have sex with uh, one of my companions. I, so I'm playing Baldur's Gate three. That is, that is my current gaming obsession, and I totally get what you're saying with the whole multiple playthroughs and how you approach it, right? Whether you're a good character, a bad character, you know, so, somewhere in between. There, I have a tendency in almost every role-playing game that I play to play a more lawful, good type character because generally by nature, that is who I am. I, 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 am, I, I am a huge rule follower uh, <laughs> just in life mm-hmm. and generally try to be a good person, right? And so as I'm doing these playthroughs, I just instinctively start like, picking heroic type things and treating people nicely and trying to, you know, sort of, uh, you know, bring down the temperature in the room. So what, what uh, stabilize situations and things like that. But there is a part of me that feels like it, there would like, like this first playthrough is, is me playing it as, as, a, as if I was the character. And then I'm always having the back of my mind. I'm like, Ooh, I could play an evil character and just, pick the opposite of what I normally would do and and just be mean to all these people and and just like fight my way out of situations and just see what happens right mm. the issue is I I never maintain interest long enough <laughs> <laughs> to to get to that second playthrough and with Baldur's Gate 3 being a game that has hundreds of hours if not thousands of hours of potential content within it this this game could literally take me like decades to play and i i probably would still see new parts of it so i'm taking my time i am not just blasting through the main campaign like i almost was Mm -hmm. uh the my in my initial attempt of the game uh but the game is really good it's really fun and it's great because it's like playing D D when i don't have any friends yeah, I so I I want to I want to talk about I want to talk about the the D and D aspect of it here here in a second. Uh, just to finish up the Starfield piece though. Um, so the great thing about Starfield is like if you if you are a sci fi fan, then you'll you'll enjoy it. It's it's a, it's a sci fi space adventure RPG. Uh, I got into the I spent a lot of hours. I think I have maybe about like a day and a half worth of hours in in the game. Oh wow. Yeah. Uh so I've got I've got a lot of time in there. Some of that was spent trying to gain money. I tried this is what I, I get into eventually for for every game that's RPG or money based where I'm like, how can I make money? How can I level up faster? Then I go to Reddit and I'm like, okay, let's let's go ahead and try that out. So I did this thing like where I spent like built up my outpost. So like Fallout 4, Fallout 76, uh Sky now maybe not Skyrim as much, but like you can build, you can, you can base build no man's sky yeah. and using that, you can build up a factory. You can develop parts. You can buy parts and make, make new things out of it. And so that gives you experience. So I read this thing where it's like, you can get like up to 6,000 XP an hour if you build up your base. So I spent like a good handful of hours doing that just to see how much it worked. And I was like, okay, that's a couple levels. Eh, that's still slow. It's tedious. I don't want to do it. And then and I'm like, now I want to make money. So how do I make money? One thing is like, uh, just like go do a bunch of jumping, jump from system to system uh, or go to a planet, go to a planet that is like far, far higher level than you are land there and kill the animals that are 
uh, that are so low level that they don't fight back and put it on very easy. So that way they have low health level up that way. And so I did that a little bit. So I do a lot. I, I get into that, but, um, the lately what I've been doing is I've been jumping from, from star or uh, from star system to star system, looking for people to shoot, leveling up my, my ship, uh, my ship targeting, my ship systems. Uh, eventually I'm going to get into the ship builder mode, which I haven't done a lot of it. I just figured out how to like add different parts and and mods to it because it's not super clear. And Mm -hmm. I think that's the next thing I'm going to dive into. I just finished a mission where I got $250,000, which is, which is a lot. And now I'm going to go. Sounds like a lot. (laughs) Now I'm, now I'm going to go in there and start building a ship. People have done like millennium Falcon type stuff, maybe like slave one. They've done a lot of cool stuff, but, um, I, I saw a hack uh, online where someone built the perfect ship for Starfield, which is it was basically like a box where the middle of it was completely empty. And then you just had like like the outside of a box, like a like a hollow box, because apparently the, the game's A.I., um, always aims for the center of your ship when it's attacking you. And so the center of their ship is like empty. And so they could just fly through all these space battles and never, oh, that, that's, never get hit. That's, that's really, that's really awesome and funny because yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. I, uh, the, 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 what I like about, what I like about the, the space battle aspect of it. So your ship is, you have your spaceships, there's different classes of ships, of course, but you have you you can reroute power to your different systems in your ship. So if you have if you have a laser battery, uh, maybe a regular kind of concussive blast and missiles, your shield, your engine, and then your like uh, the your jump uh, engine, like a hyperspace type. Yeah, 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 yeah. So like when you're when you're not in battle and you want to travel around faster, you take all the power away from your your weapons put them towards your, your grav drive and your engines. Right. And you're like, Oh mm-hmm. shit, <laughs> I'm getting attacked. So you're like rerouting power from those to your shield. And you're like, Oh, I, I still, I need to reroute some power to my engine so I can maneuver a little bit more. But that means I yeah. take, I take some energy away from my, my lasers, which, which affects the shielding. So there, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that that power balancing aspect is is this interesting. Sounds like an interesting mechanic. Yeah, like yeah. like more a little bit more simish. So I like I like that they they added that. But anyways, over overall, it's a it's a fun game. I'm gonna still be playing it as soon as we're done podcasting. I'm probably gonna go to play it a little bit more. Um, That's fair. But as far That's as fair. RPG, not, not that we're in a rush. <laughs> don't 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 we're get not, that. We're not in a rush. RPGs, is there any though? multiplayer aspect no. to that? No, 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 zero, zero Strictly single no. player. Um, and so, and so that's, that's a great go back into, uh, Baldur's Gate three, because you talk about, you talk about Baldur's Gate three being D and D it is a D and D game. It's based off of yeah. a five E rule set, uh, with some modifications for, for certain spells and stuff like that. Uh, D and D being inherently a multiplayer game. Um, yeah. And in Baldur's Gate three being no exception, it does have four player uh, ability to to go through the campaign like that. Yeah. How do you feel about BG three being a D and D game? Like, how does does it feel like D and D? It feels very much like D and D, and and I think that was the as 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 the hype for Baldur's Gate was building, and even as the game came out. I understood that it was like D&D, like fantasy aspect and a lot of the characters, like you had mind flayers and things like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, cool, like D&D stuff. But what fantasy role play type stuff, like most modern video games aren't in some way connected or have their histories tied to early tabletop role playing games, like really so many video game mechanics come out of the you know the early D mechanics so i didn't fully appreciate the fact until i got the game and started playing it that oh no this is D D. like like open up the player's handbook if you would like more information on how to play like the the way you move the way combat works it's all 
straight out of the D&D 5e rule set. And so obviously there's some minor tweaks and things that have to be adjusted. And I would say Baldur's Gate is like playing D&D with a very strict dungeon master. Mm. Right. And that that strict dungeon master being the developers and playtesters of this game that if if you have 10 feet of movement, if you have 25 feet of movement, you will only move <laughs> that distance, not not a fraction further. So whereas if you're playing with a group, you're like, oh, yeah, let me count these spaces. I have 25 feet of movement, five, 10 well, diagonal. That that still counts five. Right. And yeah. OK. <laughs> yeah, that's that's about 25. Cool. Now I'm within range to attack uh, that that doesn't always play out. Right. Um, and, and so the 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 mechanics of combat was very easy to pick up on because of the fact that we'd been playing D and D for a while. So I, I had very little questions on that, like maybe how to execute certain spells or how to, how to use, you know, the hot bar and different, different things like that. Um, my minor adjustments there, but, but I figured it out pretty quickly. Um, the other half of, of D and D is, is the, the role play aspect of it. And, there is a rich environment, lots of interesting characters. And this is sort of like, I grew up loving choose your own adventure books. Oh yeah. Right. I would always grab those from the library and reread the same book over and over again, trying to get different outcomes or, or see, you know, which, which option would be best. And that's sort of how, how conversations work, right? You have multiple choices. You can, you can pick different responses based on your character or uh, your proficiencies. And uh, if you're trying to deceive someone or intimidate someone, it literally comes down to a D20 roll, just like it would if you're playing D&D. So, oh, I'm going to I'm going to lie to this person. All of a sudden, you know, a D20 pops up on the screen and you have to click on it and you can you can add, you know, different uh, buffs and things, modifiers and um, and you, depending on how the role goes, you, you succeed or fail. And, uh, and so I think that's really interesting. And th- I think there's, there's parts of this game that haven't been as present in the D and D sessions that we've played that have made me appreciate those aspects of D and D more. Okay. And then there's other parts where I'm like, uh, I kind of like when we just kind of. We just kind of run through the role play the way we want to and just like just let the let the chips fall where they may. And so yeah. I what what, uh, I, what, yeah. what what parts do you want to see? I guess what what parts of uh, BG3 would you want to see in our sessions? Kind of dig into that a little bit. Um, I, I don't know. I, I think it's just. Uh, like streamlining things or maybe i like i i love the creativity of our group and but we have a tendency to like let's make up our own campaigns or stories or things like that and sometimes like it's there's stuff that's missing or like we're like over leveled under leveled or like we just we i don't know the stories have been good um but i think the richness of this environment has been like um and like even down to like success in conversations or success in interactions, oftentimes it's just we'll just talk and then, yeah, OK, sure, I'll go with that. Instead of doing roles for deception, you know, insight, some of that stuff. We've gotten better at that, I think, in the last session that we did. Mm-hmm. But I think early on, it was just like we would have a conversation within the group and then be like, yeah, sure, that's how it goes. Like I never and <laughs> never like do roll any checks to see to see whether or not that's the case. Yeah. Do you, um, do you think here here's here's a here's a question kind of going off of that. Do you think that playing Baldur's Gate 3 seeing how that game is played a little bit, do you think that would make you change as a DM? I th- uh in some ways, yeah. I mean, I haven't I haven't been a DM in like 
three years or, yeah. or longer, I think. So um, I think a lot of experience with with playing D&D has would would reshape how I DM yeah. in terms of like the things I would look for, the things I would the the checks I would ask for. And uh, yeah, so I, I, I think it would it would help me. And and I think the the other part about the game that took some adjustment for me initially, which would also probably affect the way I think as a, as a DM is when I play D and D I play a character. I, I, I create a character. I'm with a group of friends and I play that one role amongst a party of, of, of companions. Right. Mm -hmm. I had to shift that mindset to, I am playing a party of characters in Baldur's Gate. And I am not just playing one half-elf ranger. I have a, a cleric and, and a fighter and a barbarian and wizards and, and all the other people that you come across and that you, that you can add to your camp. So now I have to think about like power balancing and okay, my my one gripe being that you can only have four members in your party at any given time. So you have to like go back and swap people out for different encounters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I have to think like, all right, well, do I want to have a wizard or do I want to have a lot of spell casters? Do I want to have a barbarian and more, you know, physical melee going into another encounter? How how do I want to arrange the team to deal with whatever is ahead of me? Yeah. And, and then all of those characters have personalities and backstories and things like that as well. So even how those characters interact in dialogue interactions um, can affect how the storyline goes and stuff like that. So, so Does it thinking about a whole party versus an individual um, has been a mind shift for me. Do you think that type of mind shift would affect how you interact with people during a live game um to a degree yeah um it's if i as a dm absolutely and and thinking about how all of the people i'm playing with you know work together as a unit toward some sort of common goal versus um but in the same way i i had a tendency to think about what i could bring to a fight or what i could bring to in interaction in, in D and and continuing to have that whole party aspect and then thinking how can we take on and, and know more about, okay, what, I, what are spellcasters capable? What is What is a, what can a wizard do? Oh, yeah. there's a warlock. Okay. Hey, what if we try this? What if, you know, uh, come up with other solutions or things like that. Yeah. Hopefully without stepping on other people's toes or trying to be controlling, like, <laughs> hey, you should play your character like this. As long as as long as nobody is a druid and then uh <laughs> summons 60, 60 gorillas or whatever. Um no I I think it's interesting the like encounter design, group dynamics, the the DMing piece. Because as a as a group, right, I, I think of when Brett and I did super frog froggio brothers where, where we're, we're the frog characters the those like the, they touch things and they, they poison them. There's a chance to poison them if, if they hit. Right. Yeah. And so like I was a, a monk frog and, and Brett was min maxing his character. And, and uh, so I, we were, we were thinking about like, what can we do together type type of stuff? Um, some other group things like, okay, yeah. Uh, this character does that. Okay. They could be ranged. This person's more of a tank. They could be, you know, thinking about that and seeing what everybody brings to the table. And if you have a spellcaster who, who's out of spell slots, yeah, let's maybe, maybe we rethink about entering this combat right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But then uh, from a DM's perspective, understanding like you, it, it, it's almost like you're playing the Baldur's Gate three. You're looking at like, okay, who has what are they, are they going to be able to match or, or attack or defeat this, this character? What are they going to do? And so I know that there's a, a barbarian. They're going to go into, they're going to rage. We know that uh, Brett's going to, you know, triple shot his, his bow, <laughs> right? You're putting all these things together. Like, okay, 
So how was there an interesting encounter where there's a challenge? It's not going to be a walkthrough, but also I'm not doing this just to kill them uh, for yeah. for the shit of yeah. it, right? Uh, so I I think I think that's interesting. I'm interested to see or hear about anybody who's never played at D and D, and if this game motivates them to to give it a shot to to see how it yeah. is. Yeah, and I'd be yeah. interested as also to to see a new a new one shot or a new campaign for us to see like, Hey, how, how do we, how are these things applying? I want to ask John since he DMS all the time still. So. Yeah. The the game is very long. I've, I've put in numerous hours and I think I'm maybe I, I could be at the point where I'm moving on to the second act of, of, I think three acts. Um, if, if I, if I choose to move forward and don't try to tie up some loose ends, but um, still only playing it single player. I'm curious to see how the game is different uh, as a group. Um, cause I think then you're, then you're releasing some of that. I have to run the whole party situation. Uh, but then you also sacrifice some of that control over everybody's character. So it, 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 it allows for some more unpredictability, which, which I think could be interesting. I will say in Baldur's Gate, there is almost no, no, I believe there is nobody cracking random jokes and encounters or doing <laughs> or, or 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 doing, you know, meta commentary, which is which is uh, interestingly new for me in, in any sort of D&D interaction. So um, uh, so that's that's unique, too. That's that's fair. Um, that's fair. But yeah, fair. it's it's fun. It's I'd, fun. I'd, I'd also be interested to see because because you are a character and you don't know your party's backstories. You at you talk to them. You get the you get some insight from them. You start to explore their backstories over time, and it's a you know, from a single player perspective that makes sense because it's all scripted. Um, yeah. And, and I, I wonder if there's any bit of that. That sorry, uh, another interception by uh, our our bills guy. <laughs> um, I wonder if there's any part of that who were like they're like. Yeah, I want to do more of that. I want to do more of that kind of trying to discover what this person's backstory is. So if, if you and I are player yeah. characters in in a campaign somewhere, like where we actually have a discussion about like I'm just trying to figure out like what who is your your professor? Where is he where does he come from? Sure, there's a lot of like you have to make shit up on the fly type type of stuff, but that fleshes out who yeah, we are. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how that would work or if that would work in terms of like trying to figure out backstories for other player characters because, because I haven't experienced that aspect of it because I am the only player character. So there's some things that I answer as my character, but for the most part, people ask me very little about myself. It's me uh, finding out about everybody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Well, anyway, so do you, do you recommend it? Do you recommend Baldur's Gate 3? hundred percent. Yeah, it's, it is a lot of fun. Um, for me, I, it's, it's a casual enough game to where I don't, I feel like I can drop in and out of it. Um, and, and don't have to invest a lot of time at once. But, uh, if I have the time, if I'm waking up early or staying up late, uh, and everybody else is asleep, I can, I can hop on for an hour or two. And completely lose that time because there's just, um, I mean, there's a whole world. And and as I mentioned earlier, the choices you make affect everything that happens, right? And so I've already gotten to the point where I'm like, oh, they're talking about this group of individuals like they're really bad. But I had a chance early on to essentially join those people. How would another playthrough completely change my interactions and change how the game responds and, and and the course of this story? So that is something where I feel like there's a lot of opportunity for replay. Yeah. And even though I am trying to play kind of slowly, I could rush through and still have so much stuff to play in, in subsequent playthroughs. So, yeah. So once you finally decide to get the game and there's some sort of cross play or whatever it is, then we have the opportunity to take on, uh, you know, the, the sword coast together, uh, as, as you know, whatever we want. When, when that, when that day happens, we'll call John Kaufelt and we'll have to schedule like 
like an hour or two every weekend. We'll have to set, schedule sessions like we did with D and D. That's what's gonna have to happen. Yeah, and I think I think that would I think that would be kind of fun. I think that would be kind of fun to do. I think it would be fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, right. One other thing that's on our mind is Ahsoka, but we have already gone into an hour of this podcast, and Ahsoka is is, is still fresh. I've I've loved the episodes so far, but there's a lot more episodes to come. So hopefully we can get another episode of Apathetic Enthusiasm recorded before Rick and Morty comes back and we're in full gear uh, for another season of Rick and Morty. So uh, my hope is we can talk about Ahsoka in the future. Um, but until then, until then, uh, use use all of our links, use use the emails, do all that stuff. Let us know what you think of the show. And uh, and Brandon, Brandon keeps looking at the football game. So I think I, <laughs> I think we're going to call it there. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Travis. And I am Brandon watching the Bills. And also, I have a lasagna in the oven. Got to go get it before it burns down the house. Okay, bye, everybody. Bye. I was looking at the timer for the oven. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.